Welcome to a very hot episode of the Random Nintendo Podcast. Hot I'm Angel. and heavy. I'm Jason. Uh, I'm Kevin. Uh, welcome to episode 235. I, I remembered it. I didn't even have to look it up. Nicely done. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. It is episode 235. I definitely would not have gotten it right. Well, we got a, There's no we map. Got a pretty map? map. There's no map. <laughs> I don't Carry know. On. I mean, there aren't maps in the... Carrion. There's oh. no map. Oh! oh. That's right. <laughs> I forgot you're going to blurt it out randomly in the next episode, which you succeeded in doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was So there is no map in Carrion. There is no um, map in, 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 in Carrion. We should also clarify the reason this episode's hot and heavy is not because of the topics at hand, although those well, sales numbers get pretty hot and heavy for me, but um, oh it's God. really hot out. Is that the name <laughs> of the episode? No, the episode's actually Kevin? called... No, although now I feel like it should be. But no, we're calling this episode... Uh, originally, the idea was I calling mean, it Economic Victories, because we talked about Killer Queen Black, which is a game we're revisiting now in the context of quarantine with online play, and that's one of the ways you win in it is the economic victory. And Nintendo's financials, like, it's one huge win for them as a company, so... Yeah, but I think I like Hot and Heavy more. Motion to make Hot and Heavy the name of the episode. The only problem is I already made all the banners and stuff for it. I actually was ahead yeah, of the curve for once. Nah, This isn't going to go live until later tonight. Nah, it's too late. <laughs> All right, well, you heard it here. Jason cannot be bothered to go with a better episode title. Can yep. you put it in parentheses, hot and heavy? I can put oh, it on the blog or post. It, or do it like, I forgot what show does this, but I think it's an anime that has, usually has two titles for each episode, and it'll give you the first title, and then it'll say or... And then I'll put the second title. Okay, let's do that. So, wait, let's... let's, let's, All right, let's let's restart. Uh, That sounds right. It's either that or Fire Force? Then let's... All right, here we go. I'm going to do it from the top, and then you can do your alternate title. Hello, and welcome to episode 235, Economic Victories. What? No, you're supposed to say Or Hot and Heavy. Man, you you ruined it. No, you ruined it with whatever it is you were trying to pull right now. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So, yeah, as, as... Jason hasn't mentioned, you know, we were, or I think he has, yeah, we're revisiting Kid or Queen. Um, yep, we're yep. talking about apparently Tencent. I'm, I'm learning that right now. Um, Not really. Don't worry. It's only in passing. Um, so Selena Gomez is making an appearance. Yeah. Has a talking point in our, in our show. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> You'll see. Who would have thought? Not me. Um, Chibi Rub was getting brought up, but not by me. Selena Gomez, the only reason I ever joined Twitter back. Is that true? Yeah, you know, was, she's the most followed my, person uh, on Instagram. It was my 11-year uh, Twitter anniversary for my main account uh, like three days ago. Hmm. So you been following her for 11 years? No, I have followed her a <laughs> long time ago. But yeah, um, to Angel's point, yeah, we have a lot of random talks to talk about. Talk about um, you know, Pikmin 3 Deluxe as well. The new tiny Battlefield and Smash Bros. Weird Nintendo merch. It, the list goes on and on. So yeah, to, to kind of hijack Angel's in, intro here, uh, there are timestamps available at randnintendo.com or under this video if you're on our YouTube at randnintendo.com. That's the channel. Uh, but yeah, since since uh, one of our two titles is about Kara Queen Black, should we just talk about what we're playing, which has been revisiting in like the online quarantine version of it, Killer Queen Black? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. Oh, great. Yeah. Good. Okay. What so... have I seen Ah, uh, well, that would be an interesting then we would, dilemma. Then we, then, we, then we can discuss that, and then we'll see. No, we no, would no, discuss let's, let's the debate over back. whether we should discuss. Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll All right. So, we'll Killer Queen Black had an update a couple, I think it's over a month ago now. But essentially it's about a month they, ago, yeah. They added a new map and made some balance changes to the game, which at first I didn't really notice that much, but 
they're definitely there because we did play with enough people that some people did say they really did notice them. The biggest one, obviously, that I noticed was just some modifications they made to some of the maps just to either facilitate making a snail victory, making berries harder to achieve, but it didn't really seem to stop my personal berry game because it's pretty it's pretty good. It's a pretty good <laughs> berry game. But um, <laughs> I, I would say it's probably one of the best berry games ever. Oh, um, really? Really? You, you would know. claim. Oh, wait, you don't really play with us. That's, no, that's I, I did when we played local. That See, that that's what's interesting is we used to play us all the time locally. Yeah, right? we've, had, we've had more... Well, at this point, I feel like we've played it more times online, and, that, and that's locally. what's so funny because I remember when we talked. And they keep about thinking this, like, you're there, but you're not. I'm not. But when we were there, when we when we played it locally it's together, usual, like in the before times, I remember we talked about the game on the show like a year ago, and we were saying, "Oh, it's only really good in local play. Like online is kind of eh, doesn't like it's not great." But now it's like completely flipped, and you're playing it more online. And I think this update that you're talking about is probably what enabled that because they cleaned well, up the online a little right to be fair when we mean online we've been playing online we mainly we're mainly playing against other groups of friends that's usually what i mean by this game is at its best when you're playing against another group of people that you know it's not as great when you're just playing against a group of strangers but that being said we did actually play a couple rounds i don't remember if it was this, i guess it wasn't with jason it but was. Uh, i was there it was on it was a week ago it was on wednesday huh well, whatever the point. Um, oh, that's right. You did eventually buy the game. So Yeah, I, yeah. I have it. That, that's the yeah, game. I also bought the game like two weeks ago to play with you guys. We yeah. all have it. Yeah, we all have it. Well, what point is um, we finally had a group of <laughs> and four. I also work. I also work somewhere that has a physical Killer Queen uh, cabinet. Which is pretty awesome. Collecting dust. The 5v5 the... version. Is it the 5 you know, yeah, you know what I find. You know what I find interesting is like how different the cabinet is versus the. I mean, obviously this is a different one. They call it Killer Queen Black versus Killer Queen, but like conceptually, it's the same game either way. You know, it's you're it's a game. It's basically joust, and you have three ways to win. You collect berries, you ride a snail, you fly your queen who has a jousting sword into the other queen. But um, the like physics, the like the level design, the graphics, like everything's so different between the arcade one and the Switch one. Like noticeably so. I want to say just the visuals of anything. I think it's no, the physics are a little different too. Yeah, the physics no, are definitely the same. Okay. No, they're they're different. I'm pretty sure they're the same. I'm like willing to put money on it because well, considering it, they adjusted the physics with this update, now with the talking. Beetlejuice update, they also barely. <laughs> I mean, they adjusted. The only thing they adjusted, like physics wise, was just the vertical mo- the more the vertical mobility of the worker. Everything else was the same. Um, uh, Kevin, were you trying to say something through all that? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm ready to put some. Well, I'm ready to see you guys put money on it to see who's. Actually oh, correct. oh. Well, the problem is we can't get to an arcade to check this. Yeah, I mean, well, the biggest I mean, difference. You don't need the, an arcade. You could just yeah. look it up, <laughs> find it online. I'm sure. The uh, no, we gotta do it in. If we're putting money on it, we gotta do it firsthand together. Go and play the Switch version, then turn around take, and play the arcade version. I will take my Switch to work. I will plug in the machine and I'll test it out. Okay, yeah. Angel, I'm not going to do that. I, will get <laughs> I was so ready to make a bet. <laughs> the thing is, like, even if they are, I would say they're like so minor to a point that it's negligible. Especially because on one you have to play with a with a stick and like the arcade button, and the other one you're playing with a controller, which already would feel vastly different. Even if there were, right. even if there were or weren't physical, I mean, physics differences. The biggest difference I find usually is the fact that on the arcade version there is no background 
it's just one solid color. It yeah. usually makes it really easy to see where everybody is and what's going on. But in yeah. the Switch version, or I guess the Killer Queen Black version, there is like a nice detailed background. Everything is just nicer in general because everything is upscaled and you know they're redone sprites that look more like 16-bit graphics versus the 8-bit of the original. And yeah, that's the point I was gonna make is it's like NES to Super Nintendo and, in, in terms of difference. And while I wouldn't say it's hard to keep track of where your character is, it's definitely much harder to keep track of what everyone else is doing. Because kind of like Smash Brothers, I feel like when I'm playing, I'm mainly looking at where my opponent is, and I'm not really looking at where my character is. But in Killer Queen Black, it's kind of hard to do that, except for like your immediate surroundings. But yeah, I mean, the, the update did bring us a new map, and supposedly like more stable online connections. We did play some games against some strangers, and I mean, I already <laughs> the online I thought I thought at least connection wise was fine. Um, mm-hmm. So if there was an improvement, I didn't notice it, but it's, like I said, it's it, it already felt perfect. But games versus strangers are probably a little more intense, just because they are against strangers, and, you know, they're the worst, as usual. Like, and, uh, and your opponent is automatically the worst kind of person. That's just, like, the law. But Yeah, of course. But the nice thing is that when you're playing with a group of friends, obviously, and you all have your voice chat, which I know this game does support, but since we're using Discord, it's kind of was it relevant. It, it's fine because this is one of the games that supports it natively on the Switch. You don't need Switch Online's app to do it. You just plug in headphones and go. Uh, yeah, and we still, but that's we still our, use but that's Discord. Not kind of a pain. Unless I'm playing handheld, it's like I mean, you can use Bluetooth if you have Bluetooth, like a dongle. Like I have the uh, you know the Gen- the Genki one from however long ago they released that. But yeah, you're right. You just have to like plug it in. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, and I feel like most wireless headphones don't have a dongle. At least, like, most of the modern ones, usually they're just... Yeah, you'd have to buy something like the Genki one. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they still get really intense, especially because we had a game where we were down two games, down to our last one, and we somehow made a very, very, like, convincing comeback. We demolished them, like, the next three games. Not sure how yep. that happened. I mean, I usually got I'm terrible economic, at Queen. I but... helped with an economic victory on one of them, and I got us a snail victory on one of them. That helped. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, actually, that, that leads me to a question. What is your preferred... Well, Kevin, have you played it? I know you have the Switch version. Have you actually played it yet? At all? He played it with us once. What? Okay, so Killer what's Queen your guys' preferred... Or the, or the OG Killer Queen. Oh, no, the... Either way, just right. Killer Queen in general. Yeah, I've played it loads of times. So what's your preferred... Like prong, what's your preferred strategy? Do you go queen and try and stab things? Do you go snail? Do you do economic? Which do you find works best for you? I'm a terrible queen, so Me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I try never to go that route unless I am fully loaded on alcohol and liquor, and in which case I don't care if I'm the queen. <laughs> Maybe uh, like economic. Do you ever go I the queen killer route. The queen killer route, no. Uh, you let someone else become the warrior. Oh, you know what? You know what? This latest update, I don't know if it was the latest update that let you become like the ultimate uh, queen killer. I noticed some. like you can get the speed, the shield, and the sword. Oh, that's right. You have a stabby like, shield. Super OP. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, that was fun. I killed, I think, your brother-in-law a couple of times as the as a queen killer. That was actually fun. But uh, I... I definitely don't ever go the snail route either. I'm oh, more I'm, of the I'm person that calls snail. out when somebody's going through the snail route. Having, so- I... having someone that calls out is usually very helpful if you're the queen. Usually... Angel, what's, 
I mean, I just like to go berries just because I mm. feel like the, you know, the Shaquille O'Neal of, of berry, of berry like two pointers. I just like shoot them in there and like. Not... Is that is that something Shaq is known for? His two pointers? His dunks? I don't know. I know he's known for. He's known for <laughs> something. I don't know. If, I mean, maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, either way, like yeah, I I just like to go berries. I feel like most of the time when I'm just focusing on berries, my team usually wins in berries, and usually mm. like the queen and other people will have to go in there and block and it's usually in vain and even if that doesn't work they're so distracted with me doing berries that it gives someone else the opportunity to get a snail victory or like me or something else like yeah, that. So, that that's my so no matter what that's my go-to is snail, so no matter what I like think. me going berries just helps the team in general because either we'll win with berries or they they're forced to like give me attention which is always good for our team but Right. Sometimes I'm with a group that I know really doesn't want to use queens, so sometimes I'm forced to use queen. And, you know, it's not that bad. I don't dislike it as much as I used to. I think I've gotten used to the controls, but I think also think part of the reason why we were losing initially is because I was more focused on just hitting the queen, that I wasn't paying attention to the fact that when the queen touches the the upgrade module things, that they become locked to that team until the other queen touches it. Which means that if I touch all the upgrade module berry things, that means the opposing team can't upgrade their workers to any other kind of warrior or speedsters or anything. And once I started focusing on that and literally just going after those, and anytime the queen would try to go to those, I would just like kill her or kill like the workers. Like, yeah, it, it pretty much locks them out. The workers can't upgrade, and the queen is forced to run around and prioritize that, which, you know, makes it easy for me to either follow her and reblock the one that she just unblocked and usually the aggressor i feel is the one that ends up losing usually it's better to play defensive wait for them to dash and then they mess up and then dead but yeah still fun kind of wish they added more stages but yeah you know because i mean because there's what there's what like five yeah like now they're different and while playing i'll definitely be like oh it's this stage it's this stage but like just remembering just like reminiscing about them they all kind of feel samey the only big difference is there's like the one with the gun or i guess it's the two with the gun and then there's the one that has a really horrible placement for the berries which is really annoying where like the berry slots expand through like almost like a third of the whole stage or two-thirds but yeah it's it's interesting. Although they did now make it easier to invite people. Like, as long as they're in the game, you could just press X, I believe, and just immediately click on the person's name and go send invite, and then they'll be able to join your party. So it's easier than ever to, you know, create a party to play online. Because before, it kind of yeah, was okay. a pain in the butt to have to coordinate and just set that up. Even if you have eight people locally, I mean, before we had to use two switches just so that we could all play on one TV. But now they decided, oh... You know, we could not force them to have to split their controllers this way. Because before, um, yeah, you could only have up to four controllers connected. And and I think this is still the case, but one pro controller counts as two Joy-Cons. So you can't have, like, four pro controllers. At most, you could have two, basically, which kind of sucks. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, I do think a lot of – I mean it's circumstance, obviously, that they were like making the online better around the time of us getting locked down. But I do think the game they put out last October, was it, versus the game that is now available 
is much more like it's much more ready for prime time in the current situation. Like I think this is like if someone has never played it and doesn't have like the the experience of like the arcade version where you're like you know you have your two teams of in that case five and they're not five that's wrong no five yeah that's right um and they're like you know going head to head and you're having trash talk back and forth like they are to make it easy to find to connect with people you know like the voice chat thing it lets you i know you're saying you, we use discord but like i was looking into it and you can do voice chat with the entire match all the people in the lobby and then when your team when the battle starts it switches to just your team if you want there's a team chat and match chat option so like they're really trying to make it Whoa, seem like strangers hey this is the arcade experience Thanks. just remotely if you want and they also have a cool thing where if you, you can invite your friends but you can also allow your friends to then invite their friends kind of like you know you be bump into people at a bar or whatever and they'd have their friend with them so like they are trying to kind of like simulate as best they can that experience i don't think it was intentional they're like oh well now there's a pandemic let's do it but it does work out kind of nicely that they're minus the being in a physical space it kind of checks the boxes now in terms of what the arcade one offered mm. which is kind of cool yeah um and it does seem like they're going like I don't, I don't know if you know about this that they're they're actually doing a single player spinoff game, which kind of just seems like the next logical step of okay if you can't do this in person what well, you do, um, again coincidence is happening now but yeah they're they're taking this the the assets and the concepts of Killer Queen Black and they're making a single player spinoff called Abs versus the Blood Queen and you play as the little warrior guys and you're doing all the mechanics you know you're getting berries using them to upgrade weapons you're using that to you know kind of make your way through levels and be a warrior and stab things and whatnot but it's like as a single player like i don't know if it's a side scroller or what but it's like a single player thing where it's you versus like waves on the computer mm. from the computer as you keep going and it um it's already like successfully kickstarted i think there's only one stretch goal left for like the switch version specifically but on some level, I feel like they should have put this in the main game, but this is like some sort of expansion. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool, kind of expanding the the world of it, taking the mechanics we know and like providing them in a different context yeah, for people I who maybe uh, good aren't as familiar. I mean, I'm saying it's good as a separate thing. Obviously, nothing ever hurts if it's just added on, but I think it's good for Killer Queen Black to stay as this focused multiplayer thing and just improve it that way. Because, I mean, I didn't buy it mm. because it I wanted a single player mode out of it. I don't think I ever wanted or even thought like oh man you know what these mechanics would be fun for a single player adventure game so true, i don't know true. who this for but i mean i'm hopefully it's successful i mean my my guess is it's partly for the developer uh whoever their name is bear or whatever to recoup their costs a bit because killer queen black from my understanding did not you know nintendo pushed it pretty heavily in the beginning yeah, like we first went on hiatus many years ago yeah, and then it hit some delays, and it had some netcode issues and all that. And then when it finally came out, like, I feel like it didn't make the splash that it could have made if it was on track for its original release. And I feel like monet- it, that was a bit Back of a monetary issue for the developers, which is probably it, where the spin-off was Wasn't it initially, from. like, Killer Queen, like, a Switch exclusive, and then it became an Xbox One thing also? Yeah, 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 exactly. And Steam. Um but it, but that, but that's the thing is like it, it. There's a reason Nintendo like paid so much attention to it up front. It is a really fun game. Like it's, it's such a simple. It's really like there's some depth to it, but it's still pretty simple to get someone to like hop in and play with you. Just go okay. You either grab those berries or you stab you the, the stab the guy or you ride that snail. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like it is still pretty straightforward. But there's like there is some weight behind. Like it's really fun. So it's I imagine also one of the better hmm. games like four-player games, and not not to disparage any of the other 
the other games of this nature, but every single time that I go to Angel's house, he just has a, a brand new game that up to like four players can play. And I feel like <laughs> Killer Queen Black is definitely yeah. one of the better ones or one of the ones that we play the most. And I feel like the eShop is just littered with these games. Mm-hmm. And Killer Queen Black is definitely one of the most one of the more polished. Yeah, the, the fact that it's very approachable. Absolutely. Like my sister, who does play games with us every once in a while, but usually stays away from. Like Smash Brothers is already like too much for her in the sense that she's like, I don't want to be bothered like figuring that out. I mean, I mostly played with like Smash sixty four and was like kind of having fun with that, but she gets really into Killer Queen Black, and I think that says a lot for the game. I think it. I think it's also just there is kind of what I was saying about the concept simple. There is a simplicity to the controls because, like, regardless of what you're doing, you have a stick and a button. It's like a you know like an arcade game. It literally was an arcade game, so that makes it very approachable. Even if you don't like Smash, you have to learn all the ins and outs of all the up B down B A Smash stick this that next thing. This it's like a button and a stick, and you got it. So that that also helps make it much more approachable. That too, you know. That is true. Um. But yeah, I hope I hope it's a, like I hope um like the the nice thing about um the weird release schedule we're currently in is it is giving us a chance to like go back to older games like we talked about Rocket League, we talked about Killer Queen. Um there's some smaller ones I think we talked about in the beginning and it is kind of nice to like with this gap for people to maybe rediscover some indies that are worth their attention cuz coming to your point, yeah, like discoverability on the eShop right now, there's so many four player couch party local maybe with an online mode like head-to-head games and there's a few that are like cream of the crop like killer queen black is up there i'd say tower falls up there but um tower falls out on there's a lot yeah that's a bummer but there's a lot that isn't necessarily up there but they keep coming out like all the time so it's easy for these like gems to get buried tower fall has name recognition killer queen has a little name recognition but i feel like it's not quite the same extent um yeah so so i think you know, any chance we get to be able to mention it, even if we have talked about it a year ago, it's worth it just to give the game a little more attention. Heck yes. Yeah. So, um, unless you got, unless you guys said anything else about Kara Queen, um, it's also a song from Queen. All right, there you have it. It's also a song from Queen. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess that's what we've been playing. Um. Unless there's anything else you guys have been playing that you want to mention. Oh, man, yeah. But I feel like we're kind of I in mean, a lull. I've been playing stuff, just nothing on Nintendo, but... Well, yeah, but that's what Quarantine Chronicles yeah, is Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, because Nintendo's in that weird lull, um, which is funny because, like, you know, we're calling the episode Economic Victory, and half of it is, you know, Killer Queen Black, the Barry method is the economic method. Uh, but the other half of that title is Nintendo's performance lately has been insane. Like, they're not putting <laughs> out a lot of games but they're put they put out a financial report that covers you know the first quarter of this fiscal year so we're talking april 1st through june 30th in other words you know the first three months of the pandemic and in that time in just those three months they saw gains compared to their first quarter of 2019 that don't even sound real hardware sales up 166 percent software sales up 123 percent digital sales so just sales of their games on the eShop, 230 percent their profit was up 427%, which again does not sound real, to 1.37 billion. That is the highest uh, billion dollars, I should say. That is the highest first quarter profit Nintendo's had in their entire you know history. And in terms of raw revenue earned, they earned 
uh, 3.4 billion versus Microsoft's 3.3 billion in the same, same time frame. Nintendo earned more revenue in three months than Microsoft earned across all its divisions. Just like that's the insane. The funny thing is that, like, you say this is like the first time in history, but because it's just been so successful lately, yeah. I feel. It doesn't feel Yeah, like if anything, it feels like, didn't we hear this already? It's like, really? Still? Like, if. if yeah, it, in and, a way. And then, and then, and then like, yeah, it, it kind of, it's kind of a shame that, like, yeah, that's just how I see them now, but yeah, it's just like the same like yeah, they're they're still successful, but I guess even more successful now. I guess they're back to Wii Days when they're printing their own money. They're they're very close. I mean they're at they're at the point, if you want to do hardware comparison, they're at the point where they have outsold the NES now. It, the lifetime sales of the NES. Like if you okay, so if you want to get nitpicky, they came up just short of the NES in the last financial report. Um, so as of end of June, they're at like 61.45 million or something, and the NES was 61.91. Uh, but then if you add in the weekly sales from Japan, from like Famitsu and those trackers, it is now officially sold more than the NES, which means to give you some perspective of just how successful now, we are talking like they're going to pass mm-hmm. the 3DS next. Like the 3DS is at 75 million. It took, you know, it's been out since 2011. The Switch has been out since 2017, and it's at, 62 million and at the rate it's going it's going to probably pass the 3ds this next year based on like based on Nintendo's projections they're expecting they're claiming 20 million switch sold this year bloomberg's reporting they might bump it up to like 22 in production so um yeah it, it's doing really well like to, to your question of like is it Wii numbers it's not Wii numbers but the uh the bigger measurement is ds numbers so it's actually exceeded Wii numbers it's just falling short of ds numbers um in like the ds's prime it was selling to the tune of six to seven million each first quarter for like 2007 2008 2009 um and the the switch is hanging on this quarter it sold uh 5.68 million broken down to 305 switches 305 sorry 3.05 million switches not 305 and 2.62 million switch lights which is actually they're pretty neck and neck i thought the switch Mm. light would be further behind but uh that that's with shortages too so you know, Switch is right behind the biggest selling system, best selling system of all time for Nintendo, the DS. So bigger than I think the PS2 even. So you know, it, it's holding its own. Um, so yeah, to your point, we have heard it a lot. And the other thing we've heard a lot, of course, is how well Animal Crossing's doing, right? Well, that and, game is doing um, well. Yeah, who knew? Who knew? No, but it's like I didn't like you hear. Oh, it's doing well, but it's just weird to think what it's become i mean it's sold to date in three and a half months 22 million copies half of those copies 10.6 million were uh, just from a- uh, april till june so after the launch rush so to speak and for some perspective the new leaf sold on the 3ds 12 million copies ever total huh. in its life and they have essentially doubled that in three and a half months but what what the reason i'm bringing up is what's kind of crazy is it's now switch's second best selling game Ever. I'm guessing like, behind ever. Mario Kart? In three and a half months, it's outsold. Yes, that is correct. Mario Kart's the only one ahead at 26 million, going on 27 million. But it has outsold Smash Bros. at 20 million. It outsold Breath of the Wild at 18.6 million. It outsold Pokemon Sword and Shield, which together at 18.22 million, which in of itself is a record for Pokemon, actually. Sword and Shield are now the best selling Pokemon games since Gold and Silver, and the third best selling generation across all the Pokemon releases ever. Uh, red, green, blue had like 31 million. Gold and silver had 23 million. Yeah, very good boycott. <laughs> good job. Good I job. I forgot folks. that was a thing. Um, oh my God. And you know what's only going to go? 
And you know it's only going to go higher when they put out the rest of the DLC. Like they're going to do a marketing push. They're probably going to do a, a complete edition or, or something that includes all the DLC for the holidays, especially because they have like no other games. So it's only going to keep growing. It might pass gold and silver. I don't think it would pass red, blue, gold. I mean red, blue, green. But um, I think it could definitely pass the 23 million gold and silver. But like think about that. Like Animal Crossing is now bigger than Pokemon. And it only took three and a half months to do it. And again, like it outsold Mario Odyssey at eighteen million. The literally the only game it hasn't outsold on Switch is, like you said, Angel Mario Kart. But what's kind of funny is that if you think about it, the one constant across all three of Switch's best-selling games, Mario Kart, Animal Crossing, and Smash Bros., is now in fact Animal Crossing. It putting Animal Crossing characters indirectly in your game is more of a guaranteed success than having Mario in your game, because only two out of three have Mario, but three out of three have Animal Crossing. Obviously, that's conflating things and not really the case, which is kind of weird to think about. Um, Do I? But, (laughs) but yeah, to say like to say it did well is like I it's it's kind of an understatement. I mean, it's it's the thing that's crazy is like okay, so I'm gonna spell a few more stats and I'm done. I promise. Best selling game in the top half of 2020 in seven different European countries. It now holds the title of being the best selling individual video game skew ever in Japan. It has outsold the original Super Mario Brothers. It only lags behind the combined skews of Pokemon Red, Green, Green, Blue, and Pokemon Gold, Silver for being the best-selling video game ever in Japanese history. And again, it did it in three and a half well, months. During the pandemic, so... It's... It, well, yeah, that's why, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's the joke I always say. Like, it's ethically questionable why Nintendo would, like, you know, release uh, uh, the coronavirus on the world, but it definitely helped their sales. It was a good marketing move for Animal Crossing. But no, it's, um, yeah, it's just crazy. And it seems like there's no sign of it laying up, although, I don't know, like, I, are you still playing it, Angel? No, <laughs> like, are you still in it at all? Yeah, that's kind of like what I'm kind of surprised by, because I feel like around the time, like the month, literally like the first month that it came out, like, everybody was tweeting about it all the time. Like, what they were doing daily, every other day. I feel people were just tweeting about it. Even people that I didn't think played the game, or a lot of people got the game for the first time. Like, everybody was literally talking about it. And then after about that first month, I think maybe because after about a solid month of playing, you kind of see everything the game has to offer. I guess many people just fell off, and I don't know. Well, at least we did. Yeah, because that, that's... um. I think I honestly think there's some sort of like engagement ripple effect where like you know if you if if someone you know stops playing you're less motivated to play because a lot of what the game is about is kind of like comparing and contrasting your island with other people's islands going and doing stuff together sending items back and forth like kind of goes back to the thing I was saying when we first were giving impressions way back in March when the pandemic first started of like some of the in-game socializing feels like it's been kind of replaced or augmented with things to do to make more real human socializing. Like they kind of took out some elements of what the animals used to do in favor of putting in more customization to do things with your human friends, which means, you know, as people stop playing it, it will – the same way that someone's like, you have to check this out and you check it out. When that person's like, okay, I'm done with it now, you're going to be less motivated. Like I feel like we like kind of stopped around the same time roughly. I know that like – my girlfriend, who had no interest in Animal Crossing, got way into it, was way more into it than me, played it, like, way more, and then I stopped, and within about eight days of learning that, she just kind of lost interest on her own, too. Like, it was just, like, it's one of those things that's, like, if you have no one, if you've seen everything, like you're saying, and you have no one else to, like, sort of bounce off of, the game just kind of grinds to a halt. 
until Nintendo does updates. And even then, now I have this weird, like, anxiety about, like, not anxiety, but, like, I don't want to start playing again to go see the fireworks show or do whatever. Because I'm like, oh, but all my animals are going to chew me out for two, for not being there for two months. Like, I don't want to deal with that. I just won't play any. Like, it's kind of like a weird I self-perpetuating mean, thing. I think it's not playing because other people are playing. But kind of like what you said, I, I saw, like, everything the game had to offer, and I was just kind of satisfied. Like, there were still, there's, there's still things I, there's still things I right, want to do. I guarantee you, though. And, I mean, I just reached right. that point where all of this is just to customize the island the way I want to. And that's going to take a long time. Like, like even if I were to, yeah. even if I never stopped and just kept going, I still wouldn't be done. Like, this is going to be, like, a 100-hour-plus project. And, and, I, and, I'm, and I guarantee and, and you, I, though, Angel, and I, if, and from oh, the get-go, like, I knew I wanted to take my really sweet time with it and just, like, milk it. Like, mm-hmm. it, it pretty much became a game that I'm saving for a quote-unquote rainy day where, like, I have literally nothing else to do. I have somehow I don't have a backlog or don't feel like going to the backlog. And I was like, you know what? Let's just continue that island and just keep shoveling. Just keep shoveling. <laughs> but I do guarantee you, though, that you'd have a slightly different mentality. Like, if you're saying for a rainy day, you know it's, like, something to do in the future. But if everyone in our circles was, like, still super gung-ho and doing stuff to their island and showing you new ideas and having you come to their island and doing stuff like that, I feel like you'd have more of an intrinsic motivation to do your big elaborate plan slightly sooner rather than later because you'd, like... No, wanna... definitely not. You know what I mean? Like, you'd be, like, no, you'd be missing... because you don't think even so? though the majority really? of the people that I know stopped playing... There are still a few people that I know that are still showing me cool things that they're doing, and they're still playing it, like, every day. But, you know, like, I don't feel any more motivated to do it anymore or less. Like, I'm just going to do it at my pace. Even when I was, like, even when we were still, like, in the thick of it, like, playing the game every day, like, I was still going super mm. slowly by my own standards. Like, other people were like, oh, I already have this shop. I already did this. I already did that. But I was like, no, yeah, I'm still just... Like, slowly gathering, like, orange flowers, and that's all I'm doing. Like, I haven't even, like, I I didn't even get, like, the KK credits until, like, maybe a month. Yeah, like, a little, yeah, like, about towards the end of the month that I finally, like, around the time I kind of stopped playing, where everyone else was getting it, like, within the first week or two. So, yeah, I was, I'm, I was very comfortable just going really slow. Well, yeah, but because other games just started coming out. I, I mean, like, other games definitely started taking priority because I already I reached that point where it just became the loop of building my own island, which has nothing to do with everyone else, I guess, for that matter. I guess. Okay. I mean, if I all I had I mean, was Nintendo, Nintendo consoles, like then maybe. <laughs> luckily for Nintendo, they don't need you because they have other products and they have so much money. That's what I was about to say. And not only that, not only do they not need you and there's so much money, but, like, like this game just doesn't stop. So, like, it's, like, kind of the word of mouth ripple. Like, the same way that the ripple can make people stop playing potentially, it's also keeping people playing. Because, like, according to their own slide deck for their financial stuff, which we'll, we'll link to in the blog post for anyone who really wants to dive deep into I how much money Nintendo has, um, they say <laughs> no, <they're not>. well, <laughs> I guarantee you analysts want to do that. But, job. um... They were saying that of all the Switch systems that were bought for the first time between you know April and June, over half, the first thing they did on the first day they were turned on was play Animal Crossing. So there's constantly this churn Jesus. of new people coming in. It's still like 
in the top selling of the MPD and not only that, but like it's still culturally like kind of everywhere. Like I honestly, we know we talked about the brands in it. We talked about the museums that do stuff. We talked about this and the next thing, but it's kind of crazy how like here in August, there's still companies like marketing around it. And there's still like people and celebrities marketing around it. Like if you're wondering why Selena Gomez so is relevant Kevin to this episode, related to her. she was on the M. What? That's how it works. Okay, that wasn't where I was going, but I'm is sure, that is I'm that sure true? Like is there took, any genetic? I'm sure if we took ancestry like data. We could probably we're probably related at some point. Huh? Like, <laughs> not millions of years. Of course, millions of years. Like, I don't know, a couple hundred hundred years ago. Maybe. Well, let your uh, probably well, split somewhere. Then you should, uh, I guess, commend your distant, distant. Well, I don't know if you commend her for, it, but your distant, 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 distant cousin. Um, yep. She was debuting a new song in Animal Crossing the other week. Like she's like one of them, like we were saying before, one of the most followed people on the internet, one of the biggest celebrities. She did a like <laughs> stripped down version of her song with that other guy, Trevor Daniel, or something like an acoustic version in Animal Talking in that Animal Crossing talk show that they do on Twitch with uh, Gary Witta. Like what? Like she can pr- promote the song anywhere, and it'll be fine. She's a megastar, but she's using Animal Crossing to do it. Right, and then, right. like the next day, Phil Spencer from Xbox is on that same program talking about Xbox Series X, and then they've yeah, had like Sting perform on it. Like it's crazy how they got Sting. Yikes. They got Sting. Oh yes. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> it's and and like. It's just crazy because you have like that going on still, and that's still growing because like Selena Gomez and Sting and in the gaming world, Phil Spencer are, are big gets. Uh, and then like simultaneously, there's all these like additional ad campaigns happening. Like there is one. Did either of you get this promoted to you? I don't know why I got some guy, but Gillette Venus, like the you know the the uh, razor blade for women, um, they are doing a skin inclusive campaign about like. Everyone's like should be comfortable in their own skin, I and it's all based in Animal Crossing, and they're promoting it on Twitter. Yeah, it's uh, again, it's August. The game came out in March, and there's companies that have nothing to do with video games making download codes for Animal Crossing New Horizon players to look like how their the skin looks in real life, blemishes and all. They even offer a person. They even <laughs> well now the next thing I'm gonna say is gonna sound weird after that, but they also even made a prosthetic leg that you can put on your character through the skin builder. But the whole thing is to promote like that they're skin inclusive with their products and everything. But it's it's literally an Animal Crossing first marketing campaign. They're using Animal Crossing for the whole campaign, and it ju- it just it strikes me as so interesting because Animal Crossing like it's more. Like, I don't know what the best game of 2020 is. Like, I have a feeling you guys are going to say Last of Us Part 2, if I had to guess, but... Speak for me. What? <laughs> we both got angry at him. Very I, I mean, am I wrong? You guys don't think it's the best by a long shot. There's, there's still... There's still not only that, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I would sure. not put it anywhere near my top... I don't even... I don't even honestly, don't even know what came out this year, to be honest. Interesting. I... But 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 if someone were to ask me yeah, what are one of your favorite games, point. I don't think Last of Us one or two would come up. Would you say it's better than Animal Crossing? If you had to pick a game of the year, oh, they're just very different. Because I enjoy them for very, I enjoy them for very different reasons. If you had to pick a, 
Sure, but if you had to pick Neither. a game of the year, I, I can't really, I'd, be, I'd be like, do I have to pick between those two? Okay, fair. No, no, no. Because the point I was gonna make um, was, regardless of what game wins all the accolades at the end of the year as being like the best game, I think impact, Fall, wise, Fall Guys. cultural impact, I wise, even and, like, yet, significance but I really wise. Like <laughs> but as I say, I say like impact wise, I don't think Animal Crossing is gonna be top, not just this year, but for many, many years. Like it's such a watershed, like Donkey Kong bigger Country, than gaming game go. type that of thing. Up, that, that came out this sense. year. There you go. There you go. But. um yeah, it just seems like like it it's it, and sales aren't indicative of quality uh, by any means, but like the the broad stroke that this game has had across culture has just been like I can't think of anything since like Pokemon mm, Go pretty... that's been like this. And Pokemon Go, I can't think of what was before Pokemon Go, honestly. Like that yeah, in and of itself was kind of like that was a bottle. big deal. That Pokemon Go, so it's just. I'd probably say Fortnite before Pokemon Go. Ooh, yeah, they're right. Yeah, yeah Minecraft. Especially now, back in the news now. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah I don't really hear it. But you didn't well, see very many people like market with for, with uh, Minecraft. Fortnite, they market in. Fortnite is what Fortnite is what I'm worried Animal Crossing might become. Because I I don't know if Nintendo's actually going to do this, but if you look at how Epic has turned Fortnite into basically an ad platform, and you look at what companies are trying to do with Animal Crossing outside of Nintendo's purview. Like, obviously, they're not going to make ammo talking into an official sanctioned thing by Nintendo. Like, T-Pain was doing bong rips on it. That's not going to become a thing Nintendo does. <laughs> T-Pain's uh... awesome, man. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's been streaming more on Twitch uh, recently. And, man, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he seems like such a good guy. He's super – yeah, he seems, like, super cool. Yeah. But um... – like just super like laid back, but uh, yeah. So like well, not yeah, just poor Amel talking. Most of the time, so oh yeah, yeah. You could hear him doing it in Amel talking. He wasn't even, and they just like shout things afterwards. It seemed like he was doing a different drug that would get him super, like coke or something. But then it was like like he was. You'd hear it, and then he'd be like so energized and be like that opposite directions. But okay, um, but uh, yeah. So like they're not gonna support that, but. You know, something like what Gillette's doing, something like having um, all the brands in the game make their own shirts and stuff. Like, it seems like money left on the table. How would you guys feel if Animal Crossing started to be branded like that or have brands in it? Uh, I don't think I would care, honestly. It's like, as long as they're not like banner ads, I really don't care. And honestly, it might be kind of cool sometimes. I wouldn't mind having like little Dr. Pepper crates in my villagers apartment i mean it's no different than it depends on how it's used obviously because these companies are paying to get their stuff in there it might not be the way i imagine it but like ideal product placement for me is kind of like when pikmin 2 had like you could find a duracell battery or like random stuff on the planet but they didn't know what they were they would pick them up and give them their own weird funny descriptions and i thought that was cool and it made the game that much more immersive it's like oh i recognize that but they think it's something else completely so Mm -hmm. yeah something like that yeah and i think i think there like there's two ways this can go because nintendo could do i mean like how did you feel about when they put the mercedes in mario kart 8 (laughs) and mario maker back on the wii u like did that feel too jarring Uh, it must have felt more funny and weird right 
But like, like I actually didn't mind it too much. But I mean, if they too did, something, I don't know what the equivalent would. Feel like under your breath, you were like, I was like, like ah, this is funny, and I'm like, but I prefer Audi. No, I, I didn't mind it too much. I, uh, may, I mainly only like, hate it when I lose to it because like, uh, capitalism wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yes, yeah, so like I, I, my, my concern is it's gonna be something that sort of fish out of water feeling. Um, if they were doing Animal Crossing, but like they have a bit of a precedent, I guess. Like they had the Hello Kitty crossover in New Leaf back in the day, and Pocket Camp just recently did a crossover with a Japanese clothing company called I. Well, it's spelled S O U S O U. I'm not sure it's an acronym or word, but maybe it's Susu. Anyway, they did something called the Yukara Collection, and it it actually is both in game and in real life. In that in game, from now until I guess September seventh. Um, you can wear gear from this clothing brand and craft furniture that this clothing brand designed the patterns for. But then in real life, that company is also letting you buy the furniture with those same patterns in their store and get it like physically in your house. So if it's something like that, I feel like that could go over better. But if it's something where it's just like, you know, like uh, Supreme like is doing a drop in Animal Crossing, uh, it dep- I guess it would depend on what it is, actually. Some of that might not be so bad. Or like how Mark Jacobs or like Valentino has clothes in it. Maybe that'd be okay. But I just have this weird like, you know, what if it's like, oh, the Carnival cruise ship has arrived at your island or something. It's just like, uh, what? Like mm. that could be kind of a little weird. I don't think that would ever happen. It feels like, at least with Animal Crossing, the mainline game, Nintendo is really closed off on it almost to a fault. Even to... I mean... They did have Hello Kitty in New Leaf. Yeah, but it's Hello Kitty. I mean, that's practically their prime minister, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, I guess in a way. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think you might be right that, like, Nintendo might prefer Elite My because it's just kind of a slippery slope. Because even if you did the Gillette skin thing, the, uh, what are they called? This conclusive campaign, it's just like at some point, like, it sounds like a good idea until it's like players are like, what? This doesn't, like, like if Animal Crossing is like you can now alter your skin tone or alter your blemishes powered by Gillette, that just feels uh, I don't know. I feel but, like Nintendo I mean, would not just there straight yet. up do we're... that and not even do it with Gillette. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like for but, people that um, have um, uh, I don't know what the skin condition is, or maybe it's because like they're burnt, but they have like I guess spots for less, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I think I think having more inclusive options would be good. I know that there's also been a push to have more hair options. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'd be weird if it's branded. <laughs> like if it's like, I don't know, uh, Purell provides new hair options or something. It's like, okay. Or not Purell. They don't do hair. Pantene. Pantene. Is I mean, it's kind of like the way I see it, like they're, even if they get close to doing anything that looks like an actual product, I don't think Nintendo is going to team up with anyone. They're just going to do it. Just look at the the Yeezy knockoffs in Splatoon. Like they're clearly supposed to be Yeezys, but yeah, I don't think they actually collaborated with Kanye to get them on there. We would definitely know if they collaborated with Kanye. He would definitely be talking about how exactly, it works with but, Nintendo but there he's they are the Miyamoto the, of music or whatever. Whatever they're called, so, something seven fifties yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they're just seven fifties, I think. Uh, something seven fifties runner seven fifties. Like there's some generic name, but. Yeah, we may, honestly, we may be getting a little ahead of ourselves here. I mean, like, right now, like, Animal Crossing bringing money hand over fist for Nintendo as is with no official time promotion. So, you know, it's not like they need to do it. And even beyond just a quarter cover in, in the financials, like, it's still doing well. I mentioned it before. We'll talk about it more in depth later. But, like, in July, 
on MPD's top 10. Animal Crossing still number five. And right behind it at number six, Nintendo's other big breadwinner for the past quarter, which was Ring Fit Adventure. And I actually think like the, the parallels in engagement with Ring Fit to me and compared to like Animal Crossing are kind of interesting because, you know, like Animal Crossing, I think it has word of mouth in its favor. Um, it has the same sort of like engagement ripple where a person talks about using it and they might, that might get another person to jump in. And I think also like Animal Crossing has benefited obviously from everyone needing to stay home in these coronavirus times and not being able to go to a gym or whatever. Um, like so much so that as we all know, Nintendo had those crazy shortages and like Kevin, you couldn't get yours until what, like a month ago? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, which which lines up because June and July, Nintendo saw the highest sales for Ring Fit as they started getting it back in stores that they had seen since last year. Like it was even higher than the New Year's resolution bump it received in January. So now the game's moved over 4 million copies in total since October. But it does sort of beg the question, if it gets the same bump of uh, from, word to, uh, from word of mouth in terms of like getting more people to check it out, could it have the same drop-off that Animal Crossing might be seeing with some of its more lapsed or older players? So I'm curious, are you guys still actually playing it daily? Every day, whether I want to or not, because, you know, it's work. It's routine now? Yeah, it's routine. But damn. Kevin, did it ever reach, like, routine point for you? No, I'm trying really hard to make it routine, though. It takes about... It, it, I, I feel that. I, I stopped during the holidays, like, before I mean, the holidays. Like, even. I, 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 like anything, know. like, <laughs> trying to run or whatever. It takes... I mean, I don't know where this number came from, but, like, the thing I always hear on the internet or from experts, quote-unquote, is that it takes 21 days to develop a routine of anything. So until you do something for 21 mm-hmm. days straight or close to that, like, if you drop off at any point, it's just going to be that much harder to get back into it. But once you pass that threshold, it becomes so much easier, almost to the point where, like, it just, you get pulled out of bed, or because I do it in the morning, like, and you have to do it. Like, you just feel like, like I have to do this, otherwise, like, you're just going to feel, like, crappy for not having done it. And it just becomes easier, except on days, like, a few days ago, where, like, every, like, the last few bosses I fought literally have, like, stacked health bars, so you have to, like, pretty much beat them twice. And... Oh. Yeah, it just gets really tough. And you're doing level 30, right? You're doing literally the hardest Yeah, difficulty. and then there was, like... And you have to do it twice? And then Ugh. there were, like... And then there were some bosses where, like, you know, you could coordinate and stack some shakes so that they could be more manageable. But then there are those gems where you have to do a set routine. And on those routines, you just have to do the workout. There's, like, no amount of shakes or any way you could cheat it out. You just have to... And by cheat it out, I mean... Like, say you have to do 30 squats, you might get away with only having to do, like, 20 of them if the enemy dies before you have to do all 30. But in these gyms, you actually have to go through the whole thing. And there was a gym I just went through recently that was, like, it almost, like, took me out. This is, you have to do, like, 30 squats where you have to hold it down for, like, three to four seconds each squat. And then some mountain climbers and then some more squats and then some more, like, knee lifts and it's just ridiculous. But, you know, you survive. I do love that each world is centered around different things. Like, I just passed, the, like, another arm world. So it was nice that I had a break from anything leg-related. But, yeah, still still going strong. Still going hard. Are you seeing actual benefits, like, in day-to-day life? Like, your, like, stamina? Well, like yeah. Doing I mean, the fact that I do exercise in the morning just, like, gets me up and energized for the rest of the day. Like, it's, I, I think it beats out just waking up, eating, and going to work any day. Like, I love the fact that it, I have to get up early enough to do the workout. 
then I take a shower, then I eat, then I go to where my work is, and I still have like an hour and a half before work starts, so that's usually when I watch my anime or practice Japanese or play some other game, and yeah, then I start working. It's like nice knowing like, oh yeah, I already did, I already did my workout what? before work even starts. What time do you wake up? How do you have time I mean, for all that? I mean, I start work at 10, so you have plenty of time. But when do you wake up? That's still many hours at of six. activity. Oh, God, I can't get up at 6. I have to be at work at 6 most of the day, so yeah. I can't do that. Oh, God, I can't get up at 4 <laughs> or 5. Yeah, that's four hours before I go to work, so I, like... I, uh, I, don't, I don't blame you for not waking up at 2. <laughs> That'd be like the equivalent. <laughs> I guess you'd have to do it at night, but... I can't. I I, I, I get too mentally too. exhausted to do any kind of exercise at night. That's why I have to do it in the morning if I want to do any exercise at all. But yeah, it it is interesting though that you guys are kind of like the. I mean, actually, I, I'm more on Kevin's side because I haven't played Ring Fit since like November. I know, shame on me. But you guys are kind of like the me and Kevin and you, all three of us are kind of like the the all the different ways that people could be using Ring Fit. Which I mean, as far as Nintendo's concerned, once it's sold, it's sold. But like again, thinking about how like Animal Crossing has its ebbs and flows of use, it is kind of interesting that as people drop off, like right now, Nintendo's like ramping up. They're going to be bringing it to China soon, so that's going to be a whole new market. Uh, Tencent and Nintendo just got approval for Ring Fit to now be in China. It's going to be, I think, the fourth Switch game released in China. So, like, they clearly see an opportunity here and are taking it. But just kind of funny that, like, um, you know, they in terms of engagement with the product, it's like, oh, fine, if these people aren't going to do it, we'll just open it up to this whole other audience and have it chart on the MPD month, you know, chart month after month. And we'll sell $4 million now and just keep going and have it be the slow burn. And, like, for them, I'm sure once it's sold, they really don't care unless they're planning to do DLC. But... Which, in which case, they probably will find a way to re-engage us, and maybe the DLC is the way. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So, Kevin, you and I should make a pact of both of us getting into Ring Fit somehow, and then sort of keep each other in check. Mm. Since Angel's way ahead of us. No, yeah. Uh, I don't know how how much farther ahead you are than me. Not very, He's I'm still sure. in the first world. No, I beat the first world. What End counts as the first sentence. world? Like um, every time you beat, yeah, every time you every time, time you beat Drago, yeah, that pretty much takes you to the next. Okay, so yeah. so the last thing that I did was beat Drago. Well, I mean, he beat me <laughs> uh, physically, but <laughs> I think we're roughly at the same spot. Although to be honest, I'm not the same level as you. I'm at like level. I'm not doing thirty or whatever craziness Angel uh, recommended. I'm like fifteen, sixteen. You're probably sixteen. Oh, sixteen, like I think, that. is like what it starts you on. Although I could. Yeah, well, it starts you based we, on a few I don't different know how things. We would equalize Although, this. if I really want, we would. Uh, now that I think about it, we wouldn't. Yeah, there <laughs> There's is. no way. Just um, do milestones to see who can reach a certain milestone by a certain point. But but if we're putting in different energy up front, it's easier for one person to go longer than yeah, the that's other. On you guys. Then just then 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 just right, set yourself to the same level. That's it. I don't want to go thirty. That's madness. Yeah, and I don't want to go lower than thirty now. Because that's also madness from it's your not, perspective. It's not yeah. Oh, just... well. Yep. All right. It was a well, nice thought. Anyway, I doubt other Jason, games. I, I, <laughs> in the... I, thought, I thought Jason would do it anyway, so I guess I would just give the automatic victory to Kevin. Wow. He's, he's trying to goad me into making an agreement on a recording. I could tell. I'm not going to fall for your Got trap, Angel. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying. What? It's just a fact. Like, I know Kevin at least will put in effort to actually do exercise with Ring Fit, with Ring, with Ring Fit oh, Adventure. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's like, true. The fact you need this to even do it already, yeah, it's already telling. Hey, I walk. I walk nightly. For yeah, a that, that's that, 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 that's, nothing. Mile that's walk. nothing. 
It's like two miles. It's not nothing. Nothing, nothing when to you, sit on the couch. When you it's walk little, four miles but not a nothing. day, then talk to me. Do you I walk four miles a day? The COVID. Every day? The yeah, COVID. Every, <laughs> every day? That was, my, that was my routine before Ring Fit Adventure. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it's actually All walking right. two miles and then running two and then, yeah. Yeah, I'm just showing me up. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Ring Fit's doing well for Nintendo. <laughs> As is Animal you know Crossing. Could do, um, set the, the thing in Ring Fit where you set it so that you could. Yeah. You can set the Joy-Con yes, by itself and use that to track you as you walk. But on the flip side, no, no, not for that. Apple Watch actually like has put the Ring Con in the yeah, put the Joy-Con in the Ring Con. So then when you're at work, you could do like some exercises with your arms and stuff while you're sitting on your desk or between your legs or something. That's a good point, considering I'm sitting one room away from where you don't the even Ring have to Con be, sits. No, you don't even have to be close hmm. to it. Like it's like a actual mode. No, no, no. My point is like I since I work from home, that's actually doable. I'm not gonna bring the Ring Con to work, but I can have it here. Why wouldn't like you? Because you'd be embarrassed be in, and they'd but... make fun of you or something? Or No, it just seems like one more thing to leave on my desk that can get taken if someone wanted to. You don't have your own office? I thought you were the boss. No. D- d- I don't have my own office. <laughs> anyway, sales, Animal Crossing, <laughs> Ring Fit. No, they're both too well, but um, yeah, I think, I think like, I guess what I'm saying is I think Ring Fit's about to blow up even bigger. Like, I think we're at the, like, it's on the rise. Animal Crossing stays steady. But it feels like anything um, that Nintendo, see, I'm just, like, diving right back in. I was going to say, it feels like anything that Nintendo um, puts out at this point is, like, destined for greatness. Like, I was mentioning the MPD charts, right? And they covered the period after the financial report, but do include the launch of Paper Mario the Origami King. Sure enough, good old Switch bump in action. You know, any Nintendo IP seems to perform better on Switch. And it's in full effect here. Origami King was the largest debut of any entry in the Paper Mario series. It surpassed the previous debut of Super Paper Mario, which means it sold at least 352,000 units in the two weeks of July that were counted. And it doubled the sales of paper launch sales of Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. Why Again, did you only, only two weeks. say it um, that way? Has it still not surpassed the sales of Thousand Year Door total? Um... It's only been out for two weeks, so I guess it hasn't. I'm saying the way that the MPD presented the sales it of because Super Mario. no, no, the debut sales of Super Mario. It had the strong, it had a stronger first month than Paper, Super Paper Mario and Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Double ESO gotcha. Thousand Year Door, something above three hundred fifty-two thousand for Super Paper Mario. Again, off two weeks, off only physical sales, doesn't count eShop. But what's interesting is Nintendo was saying in their financials that um, eShop sales. Two thirds of everything sold in the eShop are digital versions of physical releases, so it's probably safe to say that you know Paper Mario is doing very well and probably hitting some really big numbers, which is a pattern that's like to Kevin's earlier point. Nintendo just has a ton of money because it's a pattern that happens with every Switch game, like even Clubhouse games, which felt like it came and went with no fanfare outside Literally of maybe me a few episodes ago. Yeah, well, apparently not. They sold 1.03 million copies well, of that thing you. in less than a and month. You were pitching of it. I know, yeah, and I'm that getting no money up. back from Nintendo. They're sitting on three point four billion. You know their revenue, phone number. Call them after penny. this. I do. It's one eight hundred two five five thirty seven. That's weird that you say it like that. I always say three seven zero zero. Well, yeah. teach their own. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 uh, so it's kind of with that in mind with all these different sales numbers that we can now turn our attention to the fact that there is another game coming out that Nintendo could sell. Finally, we know. Uh, not so coincidentally, it was announced the morning. Before the financial report drops, they have something on their release calendar for, to tell investors, and that was uh, Pikmin Three Deluxe. So, what did what do you guys think? 
You gotta get Pikmin three deluxe. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe. You um. Pi- may- okay. Have you played Pikmin three on? Oh no, you never had a Wii. I never you played if, Pikmin three. If I had never played Pikmin 3, I would definitely be getting it, because Pikmin 3 is a really well has a really well designed uh, we'll say controls, I guess the way, the, the way, oh wait, that's on the Wii U though, well I'm sure they'll make it work on the Wii I mean on the, on the Switch they sort of, I mean it already did work that way on the Wii U, you didn't, you could yeah, play with but I guess the, the thing is like Playing with the gamepad as like an accessory, like as my map, not only I felt like made it more immersive because that's also the way the characters used it, but because you're controlling three captains, it helped micromanaging everything. It also made the micromanaging just very fun. It felt like I was playing like StarCraft Lite. And, but the only I downside, agree. I mean, the only, I mean, even if I, I'm not that big a fan of Pikmin 3 only because I found it way like very very disappointing compared to pikmin 2 like it, everything about pikmin 3 was like a downgrade except for the controls i thought that was amazingly fun but the game itself and the level design i thought were just terrible like everything was just super easy and like easy and simplified which maybe that was their goal just to make it more accessible pikmin 2 kind of felt like let's make everything really hard and masochistic and Pikmin 3 felt like they're like oh man we probably hurt too many people's feelings let's um scale back a lot and make it I don't know and just make it way more accessible like when I 100% of Pikmin 3 like I thought that I thought like when I got the last pieces of fruit and stuff I was like oh cool I guess um we're probably gonna unlock the second campaign now and it's gonna get really nuts and then nope nothing that was it and it just kind of left us with like a big hole in our chest and then they eventually dropped some DLC, which I know is included in this, that had levels that were really difficult mm-hmm. and really awesomely designed that had a lot of, like, just crazy, like, with conveyor belts, a lot of harder enemies, a lot of trickier, like, item placements. And, like, I was thinking, like, man, if the game was designed like this, it would have been way better. But, I mean, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So... What's funny is um, your concerns that was too easy. One of the things they're touting about Deluxe is they're adding difficulty options, including lock-on targeting and hints and what sounds like the ability to move the time limit, which they're saying you know it's difficulty options, but it sounds like it's all to try and make it easier and more relaxed. But your main concern yeah, they sound more like is it was already too easy and relaxed. Yeah, because like, yeah. the difficulty um, from Pikmin 2 didn't come from like – the fact you died easily or anything. It was just how much you had to, like, manage your Pikmin. Like, there were a lot of areas where you couldn't get any more Pikmin, so you had to really, like, figure out how you want to split them off, like, where who's going to tackle this enemy. You had to really get good at, like, flipping through the different colors to fight certain bad guys because there were some enemies that were just either really fast or really good at taking out certain types of Pikmin or were even really good at taking out Olimar and Louis specifically. And... They made them like it just made it really tense and really like thrilling and just that much more satisfying when you beat it. And I don't think I got any kind of like I don't think I ever got that kind of satisfaction from beating any of the bosses. Like maybe the last one, the final boss I thought was probably like the coolest, most unique one. Actually, most of the bosses are pretty decent. Like I I, I would give them that, but just everything else just felt 
really easy. And I don't know. I think maybe because like now you had three captains that you were able to do like three times the work. But I think they should have scaled the world to that. Instead, maybe it felt like they kept the world to like Pikmin one size. But now you have three characters to do it with instead of making it, you know, match the fact that now you have three hands. Oh, six hands, I guess. But, I mean, uh, besides, co-op has always been the part where, uh, like, I felt Pikmin shined the most, and it is awesome that you can now do the campaign in co-op. But if I hadn't played Pikmin mm-hmm, 3, like, mm-hmm. I would have loved to do that with Elvis. I mean, Elvis and I spent so many hours, like, the bulk of our time right. in Pikmin 2, like, part of what made us love it so much, besides just having a difficult, lengthy campaign that was literally two campaigns long, um... Because you go back to the island with the president and you do all this other stuff. Um, the multiplayer had these co-op missions where they were all like super difficult. But if you 100% of them, you get the pink flower. And my brother and I... And that pretty much meant you had to lose no Pikmin. So my brother and I would always have to find these weird... like Or just roundabout strategies to find ways to like defeat the enemy without losing any Pikmin. And it was just so fun and so hard. But super satisfying and the DLC finally gave us that, but I kind of wish that kind of extended throughout the normal campaign or there were just more of those early on. And it kind of sounds like they are addressing that. They now have a prologue. There's an epilogue. But the bulk of the game is what we've yeah, already with, seen. With, uh, though, which, Nova, right? Yeah, so it, it's, it, it puts us in a weird position. I just want to wait for a Pikmin 4 or even like it's just been that long that I wouldn't mind replaying Pikmin 2, but I would want it on the Switch or Honestly, if I guess if I could find, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird situation. There's also pointer controls. Like I did get kind of spoiled it, by them from Pikmin Three. Playing it with the pointer with like an actual infrared yeah. sensor is super super nice. The point using a, I guess the the gyroscope to simulate a pointer on the Switch isn't as great feeling because I was able to feel that with Little Inferno. It works. But it's not the same. It like there is a, enough of a, enough of a delay that I can see it being a problem for a game like Pikmin. But you know, it, you could get it kind of close, which means you would have to go back to controller mode and do. I mean, they have the targeting system now, so that makes sense. And we did beat Pikmin two with a GameCube controller, mm-hmm. so it's not like. I mean, if we love that game so much, yeah, like if we love that game so much, wouldn't we just go back to yeah. that? But <laughs> Pikmin three showed us that there is a much more fun and awesome way to control these characters and I don't really want to go back. So, you know, I'm, I'm just in a weird holding pattern. I don't even know. I, I think, I think to in your defense, like you're not just in a weird holding pattern, but you kind of like come are coming in at the middle. Cause like if you, if you're playing Pikmin three for the first time, they're basically like, here's the core game. It's relatively approachable. Here's some DLC. It gets difficult. And then here's these Olimar and Louie, you know, the extra side message you're talking about, which for all we know, depending on how they roll them out, could be even more difficult than the DLC that you thought was satisfying. It really depends on how they, like, structure the game. But, like, if you're coming into Pikmin 3 blind, like, let's say Kevin might be, you could get a very good ramp-up of difficulty. It might be a little top, a little weighted towards, like, the easy stuff, like a little top-heavy on the easy stuff, but you will progress through and it will get harder. While when you played it originally, it's just like, here's a really easy thing, and then six months later, it's like, oh, here's a Christmas map and some hard stuff. And then five years later, they're like, oh, and here's yeah, some more hard too, stuff, is like, you have to rebuy it. That's probably why the only, re- the only reason why my brother and I are so like down on Pikmin 3 is because Pikmin 2 like set a precedent of difficulty. Like, it knew you beat Pikmin 1, 
So it was already like, all right, you already know how to play. Let's just like ramp this up. Like you're a veteran. And then even after you beat the game, it had a whole new campaign where it was like, all right, now we're going to kick it up even higher. And then Pikmin 3 came in showing more mm -hmm. potential. Like, oh man, we're going to make these levels way harder now because we know you beat Pikmin 2. But that ended up being... But you, they, they can't assume that. I... It's a different system. I, no, 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 no. I, I know. I, One I know, and two are on the same system. You I, could argue like, it. It's wrong that three, they did. Yeah. It's just like as someone that came off of Pikmin 2, having 100% at that, going to the next one, which was what it was, was just disappointingly easy. But had I never played Pikmin 2, right. I probably would have loved the heck out of Pikmin 3. And then I would, like, for anyone new, I would probably recommend playing Pikmin 3 first and then get used to the game and then maybe playing Pikmin 2. Mm -hmm. But... Plus, they are, there are a couple good oh, yeah. things in 3, like I said, like um, the, regardless of difficulty, I'd say. I mean, one – no, I mean the stuff you didn't even mention. One um, – well, this is in Deluxe, but they brought back the Piclopedia, which was weirdly missing in 3, which is a total minor thing. But like you were talking before about like the, the kind of like whimsy of how they would describe mundane items in like these fancy – you know, like, oh, it's a Duracell battery, but like here's how Olimar views it. Like the Piclopedia was kind of part of that, but it was for the, the, the monsters and the creatures you encounter. And Pikmin 2 had it, and then Pikmin 3 didn't, but now they're bringing it back for Deluxe, and it's written in Captain Log style from the three characters. And there's like an achievement system tied in or something where you get badges the more you unlock in the Piclopedia and the more you discover, which I guess is some sort of completionist thing they're trying to do to maybe address difficulty, but it's not really a difficulty thing. It's more just a busy work thing. But either way... Like, you know, it's a, it's a cool addition, but the, the bigger one that I'd say um, is something that Pikmin 3 has his favorite that you kind of glossed over, Bingo Battle. It was in 2 as well, but I feel like they really refined it in 3. Like, Bingo I Battle was awesome. We, we played like, it. We, did we you and Elvis do it? Really? It's like the most... I think I mean, Bingo... yeah, like, I could see why you would love it, but... <laughs> that sounds weirdly well, condescending. Because we... <laughs> no, but like... I mean, it's, it's I a think fun it's party fun. thing, but I mean, that's not what we play Pikmin for. But yeah. Well, okay. So for those who don't know what Bingo Battle is, should I, I should explain it real quick. Um, it is more of a party thing, right? So basically, and at first, I guess my affinity to it does go back to the start of Pikmin 2 because like I, you, you know, you're talking about how you played all with Elvis um, in high school. My friend and I, I remember I got Pikmin 2. I was so excited for it. He came over. We did Bingo Battle. I destroyed him. Like, I totally – like, it wasn't even – like, it's rare for me to destroy someone in a video game, and I just destroyed him. And then he's like, huh, maybe I should check this Pikmin game out. And then he just, like – that he didn't say anything about it for, like, a week and a half. Comes back to my house two weeks later. Destroys me. He secretly went and bought the game and trained up in bingo battle and then came back and just, like, yeah. So I have this weird – I think part of the reason I like it so much is I have this weird, like – nostalgia of something i was actually good at at one point but like beyond that personal reason i th i think it's pretty fun like basically what you do is you're setting these maps and you're going head to head and there's like a four by four i think bingo card and you have to get items to fill out the bingo card so you go and find a battery or whatever and you have to make a row either vertical horizontal diagonal what have you and um if you get four in a row you win similar bingo and in Pikmin 2, what they did was they used to also be able to steal people's marbles from their base in lieu of getting items. So their base is, you know, the onion where the Pikmin come out of. And you can go over there and kind of try and take marbles while they're off collecting items. Or you could go collect your own items. Or you could try and kill all their Pikmin. Or I think you could kill their captain, and that would do it too if you deplete their health. For 3, they took away the multi-marble thing and put only one item called the victory 
What was it? Was it a macaroon? Sounds right. Was it like a ice? It must be a macaroon. Yeah. So I guess it's a macaroon, and you can just get this one thing and carry it back to your base. But then to kind of mix it up, they let you have two types of Pikmin in Pikmin Three instead of just one. So when you were doing the original bingo battle in the second game, you each had a group of Pikmin, be it yellow, blue, whatever, and that was it. This time you can actually have different Pikmin with different skills and kind of use those to do different strategies. So it was like, to me, it felt like a little faster pace because you don't have to get as many marbles. You could just do the one macaroon, but at the same time, a little more strategic because you now have to actually think about different Pikmin powers and countering different things from your opponent versus versus them just repeatedly grabbing a marble. You're not like, oh, well, maybe they're attacking me with this while scientists are doing this with this other set of Pikmin on top of just where they're physically placing the Pikmin. And I, I don't know. I thought that was very funny. Actually, in terms of the gameplay, it's kind of a Pikmin version of Killer Queen Black. Like the idea of all these different paths to victory. Like it is kind of like look at that episode synergy we have. But it is kind of. Um, I mean, yeah, it's I thought a cool it was really concept. Cool. I mean, literally and... the only reason I think we didn't like it is just because Pikmin was just a type of game we just wanted to play together. Like playing against each other for some reason it just wasn't fun. Like we just didn't like playing against each other in Pikmin. I mean, hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's also kind of why I, I don't know, like this game, Pikmin is kind of like, I would say like a very simplified Nintendo fight version of like Starcraft because it is about like managing resources, gathering more units, yeah. sending them off to carry stuff and you go back to your base. And yeah, I don't know, like those kind of games, like they're, they can be fun for sure. But if it's just like me against one other person, like my fun enjoyment of it, like yeah, it just like diminishes quickly. Quickly, if it's like a free for all, I'll have much more fun. If it's in a team, I'll have much more fun. But yeah, just like those kinds of games, I guess I I just almost exclusively like to either play them in co op or single player. Just don't resonate. I mean, Kevin, did you have have you played the GameCube Pikmin's? Yeah, I love Pikmin One, Pikmin Two. Where do you stand? How do you? What do you consider Pikmin to be? Like, where are you more on the angel? Like, it, like did you do the multiplayer? Or do you prefer the single player? Are you no, more it, like it the RTS side of it. It was just strictly single player for me. Ah, oh, you guys are missing out. I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, what I really wish though is because now I have friends that don't want to play Bingo Battle. I and there is no way to play currently. I wish they did Bingo Battle online. Like. Then they could maybe expand it out and do even like Team Bingo Battle where it's you and a friend as two captains. Because there is 2v2 and 1v1 in Bingo Battle, I think. But I think it's just you control two captains or one captain. So if they were to let you each control individually and they do two on two through Switch Online, which is already supported for leaderboards in the game, that would be kind of cool. So, you know, they just need to like I, I build want, entire I don't want to play, I just don't play against for people. For port of a Wii U game. Ah. Well, then I guess it's good they have a co-op for the whole story yeah, mode, should you decide to double-dip. Yeah. <laughs> should you decide. I'm still, I'm, I'm still waiting yeah, for that. Yeah, but the, I, I, I guess the one thing that... Pikmin 4, which I'm pretty sure was just, let's go Pikmin, but... Yeah, that's... No, it was it was not Hey Pikmin. Let's Pikmin go Pikmin or, is not a thing. <laughs> yo Pikmin. It was not... Yo, 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 yeah, yo. It, was, it was not Hey Pikmin. <laughs> Sup, Pikmin. No, it... Uh, it, yeah, I thought originally it was probably Hey Pikmin as well. So for for anyone who doesn't know what to talk about, in 2015, Shigeru Miyamoto did an interview with Eurogamer. I think it was that summer of 2015. and said <laughs> Pikmin 4 was, quote, very close to completion. And everyone's like, oh, sweet. And then, uh, you know, 2017 rolls around and Hey Pikmin was announced for the 3DS. And that was that side scroll or Yo, 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 Pikmin or whatever Pikmin you want to call it. Yo, MTV Raps Pikmin. And um, 
Yeah, and that was a si- yeah, exactly. It was basically what they did to Chibi You're Robo, but for Pikmin. Uh, side scroller. They kind of it's almost like Lemmings in a way. How they how Definitely it was very set up. Or like Kirby Mass Attack, but with an old more in front of them. Yeah, and um, and then at the E3 between when Hey Pikmin was announced and released, uh, they asked Miyamoto again. So what's up with Pikmin Four? And that would be the time to go. Oh, this is what we meant. It's actually a spinoff now. It evolved, but no, he said Pikmin Four was still progressing. It still existed. So I don't know where it went. <laughs> I don't know where it's at. But the only thing I can think of is we're – I mean besides the fact that they're not going to spend the money to do net code for Bingo Battle and Pikmin 3, even if they were, they would probably hold it for Pikmin 4 whenever that happens because that's an actual like enhancement of a thing. So um, from a fan perspective, when Pikmin 3 Deluxe was announced, it's just like, oh, this isn't Pikmin 4. But I guess from a business perspective – I I would say we're all presume we're all kind of on the same page. That makes sense why they're doing this, right? Like even if we personally want Pikmin four, mm. Mm. I mean, like you know the, yeah, the I mean, Wii U had such a tiny audience. It would be going out to die even if yeah, and like ports it. do oh, I mean, really well. Who cares if Nintendo goes under? At least I get what I want. Yeah, but yeah. Well, not so going out to die, but like. Yeah, not necessarily sent out to die, but, like, they can make much more money off re-releasing 3 to... Like, 3 hit an artificial ceiling because of its audience. And, like, Nintendo knows Switch ports do well. I mean, a very recent example is Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, right? That came out, like, 6, 8, 10 weeks ago. Uh, pretty niche franchise for Nintendo. It sold 1.32 million copies in a month on the Switch, according to that financial report Nintendo put out. I think that's, like, one of the fastest-selling or best-selling Xenoblades yet. Just because it's on Switch. And then, you know, you got all those stories of how, like, DK Tropical Freeze outsold the Wii U original almost instantaneously, or how, like, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, which arguably has fewer enhancements than even Pikmin 3 Deluxe, um, that's gone on to sell 7.4 million copies. That's well over the Wii U's original uh, 5.8 million. And what's crazy there is, like, that game, Mario U Deluxe, is still charting. It's on the top 20 in July for NPD, somehow. It's number 14. I don't even know what it's doing there, how it got there, but a year... And a half-ish later, it's still charting. So, like, even if Pikmin 3 doesn't do Mario U numbers, like, I could see why Nintendo wouldn't want to invest in a Pikmin 4 yet if they could just kind of recycle Pikmin 3 as much as, like, it means for us. I don't get my online bingo bell. You don't get your harder difficulty. Yeah. It, it's kind of a, a blessed situation, but I get why they're doing it. And, like, honestly, the way 2020 is going, I'm starting to come around to almost just wanting Nintendo to keep porting stuff. Like... If they're looking for low effort releases and those boosted numbers can mean further down the road, we get new entries in whatever franchise we want, I'm all yes. for it. Like, here's a chance to get F-Zero back yeah. on track. No, here's I'm, a chance I'm to get Custom yes. Robo. What? Yes, give, give me all those. Oh, oh, I thought you said Ugh. And I was like, what? Yeah, or like, you know, Custom uh, custom Robo. Just although that one, that one, honestly, they'd either have to do an HD remaster. Jeez. Or, wow. yeah, there you go. Super slow. Like, get Mario Baseball going. Ah. Um. I'm down for an Excite collection, Excite Truck, Excite Bots, maybe Excite Bike World Rally all in one package. Like, Nintendo's sitting on so many IPs they can kind of shine a light on for minimal effort. And if they're worried the games won't perform at the same scale, say, a Mario or a Breath of the Wild, uh, that's fine because you know what's still selling over a million copies every quarter? Mario Kart and Breath of the Wild. Like, they are still, like, they can do these kind of small, like, feeler games 
while simultaneously or feel or re-releases while simultaneously really still like making my hand over fist. Usually you don't say the same phrase twice like, in one I, I guess really I just... Yeah, you already said it once. Did I say it twice? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. We should just delete this episode you know and restart. I can't say the same phrase twice. No, I think you know how hot but no, the, it the, is the, the, the re- no. <laughs> What? Yeah, no, we're not restarting. No, but uh, re- I guess really what I'm saying is like what happened to I want Robo? to avoid what happened to Chibi Robo. So, so Angel, you, you've been saying for so many episodes how Nintendo did Chibi dirty. And it actually looks like it was a big enough downfall that the developer of Chibi Robo, Skip uh, LTD, might have closed for good. Well, I mean, if they or actually at least that's marketed what it's their like. games um, and tried their website, here, I mean, yeah, I guess things could have been different. Yeah, yeah, but and it's Nintendo's fault. It's not Skip's. Like, Nintendo's the one... Like, the original Chibi also, Robo on GameCube didn't sell great. There's no doubt yeah. about that. But it came out, like, the tail end of the GameCube. It was on, like, I mean, literally, it wasn't the like, GameCube and also not the best console life, either. Year. So it's not like it had the potential to be, like, the best, like, a bombast. I mean, it's also kind of niche, but, I mean, if it came out yeah. here when it was on and, the and Wii... And what happened... I mean, that probably could have helped it. And that's what's annoying. So they did... They tried it on 3DS with Park Patrol, which was basically a direct sequel where you're outside in a small garden park thing. And, it like, was a Walmart it was exclusive. pretty fun. It wasn't quite as good, but it was pretty fun, but... Yes, exactly. It was a Walmart exclusive. That's the only way you could get was Walmart, and they only got a limited stock of it. Then they did release Chibi Robo on Wii in Japan as a new as part of the new Play Control series, which is also how pointer controls were introduced to Pikmin Two. Um, but they didn't release the Chibi Robo Play Control here in the states, even though it was basically done. They just needed to slap on the localization they already had. Then they did like all the weird mm-hmm. spinoffs, like the Photo Safari one. Uh, photo finder or whatever it's called and then um, obviously ziplash as you've talked about well there repeatedly. was that so like the series kind of they kept trying to make there, the character work without having the, the series GameCube work one. and the problem is like no on, on DS. no yes on 3ds that's only in japan you're right yeah yeah or on ds right Right. Yeah, that one never came stateside either. It's just kind of like, and now we have this company skip LTD, LTD, who everyone thinks is probably gone because their website's now 403 error. Their Tokyo office seems to have been shut down, and their CEO, I know, I doubt that. And their CEO removed um, the skip name from his Twitter bio. Oh, wow. So, which, like, it just looks like they're basically gone. But it sucks because, like, it would it would cost a small bit of money, but an HD up-res of, like, the original Chibi Robo, I feel like it could have done really well right now. Like, people are buying games more than ever. The industry's up, like, 32%. Uh, there's a ton of Switches out there, as we've discussed, and I feel like some of the themes of Chibi Robo and some of the concepts, like, I feel like that would have resonated with some folks who picked up Animal Crossing, some of those 22 million. And if every single game Nintendo puts out does, like, a million minimum on Switch, let's even say it does half a million or three-quarters of a million, that might have been enough to save the franchise. And I feel like other companies get that niche but recognizable games can have a second life on Switch. I think like a really good example that's been bubbling up lately are rumors that Killer7 is now coming to Switch um, as a remaster, which first of all, I feel like, Kevin, were you recently saying you wanted Killer7 on Switch? Am I remembering that correctly? Nope. Oh, I guess I'm crazy. Do you want Killer7 on Switch, Kevin? <laughs> have you played uh, Killer7? Yeah, and... I've played Killer7. Uh, Killer7 is a, is a fine game. Which... Was that? Did that one? Predate? I feel like it would work well on Switch, right? Because like, yeah, it, it, it's not like that game. Uh, what? I don't that, remember. That was um. 
it's suited it's like for when, like, when I think like early associated games that's like one that always comes to mind even though I never played it uh-huh. It's like Killer Seven, Thirteen, and yeah. When we oh, that's what you're asking. Yeah, yeah. No, those I are kind of for and and yeah. oh oh oh. Yeah. Don't forget um uh cell. Oh, what's it called? The vehicle combat game from EA that can't cell damage. Yeah, that was that was before Wind Waker by about a year. Yeah, Killer Killer Seven is a fine game. It's not my favorite suit of Fifty One game, but it's one it of does the seem like a good ones. fit for Switch. Though, because they can like hide some of the graphic fidelity differences because the cell shading. Sure. And like, there's already a pretty big audience for that sort of mature game on the Switch. Yeah. But, what? But like it. Um. So the the way this rumor came about was, uh, some YouTuber found that the owner and VP of a developer named Engine Software, who previously brought Killer Seven to Steam in 2018, also listed the Switch as part of that release like on his uh like work history on linkedin and uh obviously that hasn't happened yet but it was listed as a as a game and then he also says he's currently the producer on an unannounced title in collaboration with a prolific japanese game designer so it seems like they're bringing killer 7 to switch either that or they're talking about no more heroes which a Taiwanese rating board also just revealed leaked was going to be is coming to switch uh, port of no more heroes. we're getting Three, um, four, whatever number. But I feel like, like, what? Well, yeah, probably to prime the pump for three, yeah. Which was supposed to be out this year, but now it's probably looking like it's not. We haven't heard a peep, really. Every time they show footage of it, Suda51 just standing in front of it where you can't actually see anything. So, but either way, like, these are types of games that, like, I feel like, you know, it's not a huge effort to get them on Switch and they can get a second leaf on life and kind of, find a new audience, a bigger audience. There's, you know, 62 million people that have Switches. That's bigger than the GameCube audience ever was. That's, No More Heroes is on Wii, so okay, arguably it had a decent enough audience as is, but they're prying the pump for three, so it makes sense. Um, what, actually, I have a question I think about. Sure. Ken, what is the gameplay of Killer7? I only know it for its visual style. Uh, it, it's kind of, it, it was weird. You, it was basically a long hallway. Well, I guess that's, Basically, you're you're. If I remember correctly, you're holding down the A button to go forward, huh. B to move backwards. Uh, so but it's you're like, all, a like a linear arcade way. shooter that you have and control you, of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. And then um, there are these enemies that show up, and then it switches over to a first person, to a first person view, and then. The enemies show up, and then you just shoot them in the weak points, and that's it. Wait, that's it? Yep. <laughs> so it's more of a visual story-driven thing than a actual gameplay-heavy. I mean, there were there were puzzles, and say. then and then uh, you could switch between seven characters, hence the Killer Seven. Can right. seven and Killer right. Seven? Seven assassins, right? Yeah, and then yeah. That feels like such a prototype for No More Heroes because he had all the different assassins in that one. <laughs> He's like, oh, I did seven. What if I do 13? What if I do 100? Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, so like that, that I think like is something I could do on Switch. And like even, even games that are a bit more well-known are coming to Switch. I'm just kind of like, see, Nintendo, if like Braid Anniversary Edition can happen, why can't uh, you know any of your stuff? I mean, Braid, like explain this one to me. So Braid's doing an Anniversary Edition. It's coming to Switch in a bunch of platforms next year. Um, it's gonna have 
some enhanced art, tweak new level, uh, tweak level designs, adjusted music. It doing they're doing all this for the 13th anniversary of the game, which I guess is a milestone. Like I, mean, I don't know why they. For, for, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't played Braid. I'm assuming you haven't played Braid. It might I'm be not. something to do with the game itself. Yeah, I played Braid. Maybe. And I beat it. Angel, did you play Braid? You played Braid. Uh, is there maybe. stuff involving the 13? Is, I mean, it's a fun puzzle game, but it's like as artsy fartsy as it gets. So there could have been. There was like. I played it specifically just for the puzzles. Yeah, it's a puzzle game. What else would you be playing it for? But um, there's also like a lot of like text all over the place and a lot of like symbolism <laughs> that's all over the place as well that I just completely ignored mm. and didn't really care for because the game itself was just really cool like essentially right. um, depending on the level like just for example there's some levels where as you're walking to the right time plays out in a in normal time plays out normally but if you walk to the left every time starts going backwards so as you progress through the level Sometimes you're forced to go forwards and backwards, and that will make enemies move forwards and backwards as well to go backwards in time, or platforms will rebuild themselves. So you have to figure out the correct path you have to take so that you can actually go through the level. Because if you were to progress through the way you normally think you would, you would end up getting blocked off. So there's always like a trick to it. Like you might have to jump off of an enemy or something like that. Like there's also some situations where. Like, everything is in slow motion except for the enemies. Or sometimes, like, while you're standing on a certain platform, um, everything around you is going in reverse except for whatever's touching that platform. Like, there's always, like, a weird rule to each level. Every level is different. And, like, sometimes, like, um, if you're standing in a certain, like, particular spot, things start to go double speed or things freeze. Like, it's just, it's clever. It's a clever puzzle game but it's also yeah like one of those where i want to say like you're supposed to be rescuing a princess there's like every time you beat like a world there's like a dinosaur at the end that tells you like the princess in another castle like this the game or the creator definitely loves mario there is like some levels that are just straight up like homages to like the donkey kong arcade game and even like the main enemy is like straight up supposed to like referencing a Goomba if you look at them but yeah like the final level and you save the princess and mm. like there's some some cool things with the final level that I won't spoil but like ultimately I want to say the game is supposed to be a metaphor for the atomic bomb I don't really know how but I know it is because it's just that kind of game like <laughs> every chapter has like some text you can read you're like in some uh -huh. apartment it's like you'll know if you see it. It's just it was one of the first ones, so it was before this got too heavy handed in the indie world. But I mean, it was one of the first ones I played, just because it was like that and Super Meat Boy, like one of the first few like big indie games that I guess got passed around. Right. Yeah. Because it was. A I don't huge even know what the title the time, has to do with the game, but I guess even to. Um... <laughs> yeah, but as I say, too, um, like to kind of the thing I was saying, like one out of three of us has played it. And indie games are such a bigger presence on the Switch and in general now that, like, you know, re releasing it, may, you know, even if the 13th is random of an anniversary, it does make sense because there's like so much untapped audience for it, which is kind of true with Killer 7 and No More Heroes and 
any of the ports that we want and you know pikmin 3 and what have you it's just like yeah it just seems like right now we're kind of, we're sort of in this cycle right now where you know nintendo's announcing a game and releasing it eight weeks later and it works it led to you know Paper mario success clubhouse game success pokemon mystery dungeon success like i like to cite over and over since march uh but the downside is right now it also signals how many games we know are coming uh, down the, Mario, the pipe like we know there's a pikmin announcement now at the start of august for the, the end Mario's of october i see what you did there what oh haha ha, that's good but yeah it does it does what i started to say is like it does kind of tell us a little what's happening like it so like if between if pikmin's announced now we know it's coming out end of october and we know there's always opportunities for ports like does does it mean if pikmin's coming out end of october and we're we could be getting ports or not that basically Nintendo's not doing anything from now till then. Like, are they skipping their fourth week of August release window that previously gave us Pikmin and wonderful one Oh one and Metroid Santa returns? Like, does it mean they're skipping September? And like, if so, does that mean their holiday lineup is just Pikmin three, which we now know of and the rumored Mario 3d rumor collection. This. Like rumor has it. They've been seeing our ready to go port of Metro people Park need to just years. chill. We're in a pandemic. Yeah. Just, that's like, my point. Yeah. Like what? Like, I'm sure like they're, pumping out stuff at the best rate that they can and anytime something else gets announced i'm sure people are already spinning their theory machines and like all right they just announced pikmin 3 two months ago they released blah 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 that means they're releasing a mm-hmm. game at three months per thing that means we should be expecting an update like in october i guess or i don't know I'm like just just chill i know you have nothing to do right now but chill read a book maybe this is the first time you'll have a chance to read a book <laughs> yeah because that, that was gonna lead to my next well that was gonna lead to my next <laughs> and there's some great books about Nintendo as we were talking about last episode. But um yeah, that kind of was getting at my point though is like if they're sitting on even if they're not like but they hindsight's twenty twenty, but I feel like if Nintendo knew that they'd be sitting on all these ports and have these opportunities, like if I was them, I'd just flood the market. Not flood it completely, but you know, they could do a regular drumbeat of releases of just ports and hit so many people because the switch is so big now and maybe they will or maybe they'll surprise shadow drop with like stuff like good job and jump rope challenge and the stretchers last year like they could have those brewing you know they're, they're very unpredictable right now but it seems like it would be a good opportunity should they choose to take it even if the pandemic stopping them from doing some real heavy lifting with new releases like maybe give us a few more ports will they probably not and on some level like the surprises like you're saying angel like you know like everyone just relax and things will be surprising and come when they come like there's something to be said for that because like the dlc surprises of like they're just like hey here's an arms fire like that's kind of cool um smash bros randomly they just released a they new stage on sort of yep. that was kind of cool and literally out of nowhere um yep yep but but it's a new stage but no like little things like that like they can do and everyone's gonna be like whoa because it's been so quiet but it just kind of part of me is just like uh, they could totally be turning around some really easy ports and just getting some ips some attention they don't mm-hmm. currently have because there's this huge captive audience right now um but with that actually with smash in mind i mean um, do you have update, thoughts on the small battlefield yeah, there was an update it added small battlefield and the ability to use any music you want on any of those smash stages by that i mean like battlefield final destination i guess any of the three versions of battlefield now and it is popping up more online like uh, almost everyone seems to be using small battlefield exclusively now which is fine, but man, I didn't realize um, Persona was as popular as it is, or maybe just in the Smash community, because I swear, like, every person that I've played that picks Small Battlefield always has that same 
like Persona, maybe Persona 3, I don't know, whichever one is associated with yellow, but they keep um, playing oh, Persona 4, but there's, it's always that same song Persona every single 4. time, and it's like different opponents, and it's always that Persona song. I'm like, damn, did I miss the memo? Was I supposed to be picking that song as well? But, yeah. You know what memo was missed for sure? We said Persona how many times? And Kevin, you didn't say... Serious is cool. Your usual... Uh, yeah, baby, I love Persona. There you go. No energy. I'm going to assume it's because it's so hot. No, I'm, I'm in a perfectly air-conditioned room. I mean, so am I, but... <laughs> huh, weird. Just a, anyway. That didn't seem appropriate. Oh, okay. Andrew, as you were saying, I, mean, I like, cut you off for I that. I mean, I guess... That end. <laughs> I haven't had as many games with crazy lag as usual, which is great. I mean, I feel like I usually don't really have issues with latency. I mean, at least ever since like we upgraded our internet from, I kid you not, like 5 megabit internet to whatever we have now. Um, can't believe we had internet that low, slow for such a long time. I even tried to make gaming work. But yeah, like usually those games are fewer, much fewer and far between, which means... I mean, it's still host-based, so there's only so much they can do on their end. Since if someone is still has, if someone still has a terrible connection, it's still gonna come through. So, yeah, them flipping a switch isn't gonna make online seamless. But I don't know. I never really had that big of an issue with online anyway. It just is what it is. Just adapt. But yeah, I mean, it is. It is just nice just to have an extra stage right. that so we're not always playing on Pokemon Field or. I was going to say, or just to have more variety of music in some stages, but now it's just Persona music, but, yeah. Yeah, like, like even when I, we play in a, a Final Destination, <laughs> it's, it's like, like Persona add variety, music. Now you guys like, less variety. Damn. Not that it's bad music, but when you hear it all the time, it's... People love it. It's, it's something. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like it's like it's like pop rate. It's like pop songs on the radio. Like sometimes at first you might be like, "Oh, this is kind of catchy," like but then when you hear the songs, it Smash Brothers, two thousand times in a week. You're like, "I'm over it," or you hate or it from it's the a start. Persona song, like, I mean, I haven't heard. <laughs> or anyone you just pick hate the song the, from the start, and it just grates on you. I guess the main Persona Five one because I feel like that's the one that most people would have been picking because that's the one that actually got a Smash remix. But I guess people just love that Persona Four music. But yeah. Persona Four seems to be every like everybody's favorite Persona game, which is probably mm. which is weird to me because it's my least favorite do you know of, if, the, do, of the most recent three games. Do you, know yeah, do you think that's because following than than three? I was just say, do you think it's because the it, it reached a threshold of popular like I mean, it reached it a PS2, level of exposure before Vita. that got way more people in, and that I'm was the first was on one, PS4 and then they didn't necessarily go back. Uh, so this is no, it never got a PS4 release. And then it had two fighting games. Oh. It just got it recently just got re released on Steam. Golden? The Vita version did. Uh, damn. Yeah, Golden. Hmm. Which would be like the perfect uh, one for you to play, cool. I guess, Angel. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, my, my gut feeling is because uh-huh. here's a weird thought. So it was on PS2, right? That's what you're saying? There's a lot of people who the PS2 was like their first system and that might have been their first Persona. It's, so that's yeah, it's kind of to it. Like it's, 
it's weird to think about, but like the PS2 for a lot of yeah, people that are like in their teens now, like late, even late teens, like that was their starter system. Well, yeah, but Persona. 3 but I mean, was yeah, like I mean, it could have come out around the time that a lot of people. Oh, okay. Like, just because you played a game first. You know, the, the, the theory held water until it did. Get those rose-colored glasses <laughs> off of your eyes. If you replay it and you find it still really good, then yeah, I mean, then yeah, but some games don't age well. I feel like. I I should I. I should know. I feel like there's a I've relived that whole read between the lines. Ain't I thought were like super amazing. Then I went back and played them, and I was like, oh, wasn't as good as I remembered. He's Angel so close to saying. Why would I say that one? I didn't play when it was so close. I have no nostalgia for it. Oh, true. But I just remember you always used to use rose tinted glasses when telling me that I got no, wrong I feel like about that's Star Fox kind of 64. That was always your phrase. Because, no, you just have rose Because glasses. I don't have the rose colored glasses when I first played it, I mm. was able to see it for the game it was, and, and no one else could. But yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I think we have um, Lego Nintendo Entertainment <laughs> System NES now available on the docket. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, so th- that that's. That that is true, but and the reason is I felt like ending the episode with just like yeah, Nintendo. Just why aren't you releasing stuff? Has been kind of ad nauseum because it has been. You know, it's been the talking point. So the silver lining of not having Nintendo games to buy is us core fans can now go spend their money on other things that are about Nintendo, like cool merchandise. And there's an interesting stat in the financial report that their IP licensing expansion efforts so, you know license merch theme parks the mobile apps like you know how they're now doing mario kart tour they have always new commercials with that weird how will you cart slogan which is grammatically strange anyway all that has helped them grow that 37 percent year over year and i didn't think of it this way um actually while combining the notes but now i'm thinking of it as i'm looking at it Maybe in a way, stuff like Lego Mario actually I mean, is their big August release. It's interactive. It stars Mario. It has a digital element. A lot, so. Nintendo's banking out to be a big hit for them. Like, if you buy just some of it, though, it is an interactive like game of sorts. Maybe they are still doing their August release. But anyway, the thing I was uh, trying to get to is one thing I've noticed is, and I know Angel, you you sort of brought this up separately, is that um, the quality and like variety of licensed Nintendo merch is just. There's so much more of it now, and I think it's in part because Nintendo's finally lifting the flo- letting the floodgates open or whatever, and letting folks do some creative, fun, weird stuff. I mean, like the Lego NES, that would not have been a thing six or seven years ago, and yet now I have this massive box sitting in my house. It's comprised of 21 bags of a total of 2,600 pieces that I get to transform into what amounts to a really cool, slightly interactive diorama of just pure nostalgia. And Nintendo wouldn't have let that slide a few years ago. But now here we are. And, and to be clear, this box is massive. I mean, it is huge. It's about the width. Like, if I do my wingspan, it's about the width of, like, my elbow to my elbow. And it's about as tall as my entire chest. It's almost daunting just looking at Like, knowing I have to unpack that and, like, start building it, almost as daunting because it's so, like, there's so much to it. But it, it, it's actually what I'm going to be doing after we record, so I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. But, uh point is like there's a lot of really cool merch now so instead of just being like oh there's nothing cool from nintendo there is cool stuff there's the merch and whatnot yeah, so angel i know that like you had, had, had um, some cool nintendo merch you saw a that friend of ours on twitter as well some stuff from nintendo world and i guess just like the Mega Man arm cannon that's basically made for cosplay they have an official samus arm cannon that i don't know existed and that thing is awesome i want that i want that really bad but 
But I'm not going to go to New York right now. Maybe it's available online somewhere, but <laughs> I just really want it. Uh, you could have our mutual effort. friend ship it to you. Okay. That is. But yeah, there, I, there is like like stuff like that. Or like even the, the clothing they have at Nintendo New York now. Like they have a shirt that just has the name of the hotel from Luigi's Mansion 3 and the logo. As if it's like just a brand. Like it doesn't even mention Luigi's Mansion on it. Like they're starting to get more like – it's not just like – like it used to be like, oh, look, it's – um. It's chess, but with yeah, Super Mario. Or, like or look, it's, uh, you know, like a plush of Michael a Koopa Troopa. But now they're starting to actually do, like, some more subtle stuff. Straight up the same stuff. one from the game, which is really cool. But Yeah. And there's also, like, weird stuff they're doing. Like, I, I know, like, because of 90s nostalgia, there's been a bunch of, like, N64 and Game Boy merch coming out. And there's, like, Game Boy wristwatches. Which, like, I don't know why you would ever wear that, but, like, that's kind of, like, a weird, like, quirky thing that, you know, five, again, five, six, seven years ago, Nintendo might not have done. But now it's, it's, it's like, a wristwatch, but kind of has, like, a little Game & Watch vibe to it, but I don't think it has a game on it. But either way, it kind of looks like the old Game & Watch. It's, like, it, it's, it's cool. It's, they're, they're starting to branch out. And, you know, that's on top of them doing all the, like, super high-end merch, like the first four, uh, first for figurine, or first for figures, figurines, you know, of, like, it used to be just the main characters. They did a Bowser one. They did, like, uh, I don't remember who else. But now they're starting to do, like, Majora's Mask. They're doing, like, Skull Kid. They're starting to get, like, a little off the beaten path a bit, which is kind of cool to see. They're doing, like, Midna um, in her human form. So, yeah, it's, like, starting to it's starting to get more interesting and broad. Like, I don't know, Kevin, is there any, like, Nintendo yeah. you've seen that you're just like, oh, yeah, that's actually kind of cool. Or, like, that's different. Uh I'm, I feel like personally? there needs to be more Earthbound you... merch, personally. I'm surprised. Uh, not, not, no, not that. personally, just for the Earthbound fans. I'm surprised they have... haven't latched on to the that I know we're never going to get Mother 3. I get that. They but, could've... like, Ness and <laughs> Ness is... Yeah. I mean, I think they sold out. All the Amiibo were selling out at that point, so it's not really a good barometer. But but I'm just thinking, like, there's enough – yeah, there's enough, like, 90s nostalgia and there's enough of a fan base because of Smash Bros. with Ness and Lucas that they probably could make mm. a small run of something. I don't know what, but something. It just seems like – it just seems like there's – like, it, it – it's like Nintendo finally realized they have more to their properties than just the big like mascots, and they're finally laying loose with that, which is kind of cool. I mean, granted, the Lego NES is one of their mascots. It's literally a Mario screen, but you know, like the arm cannon, the the shirts, the doing maybe something with Earthbound one day, or like even if they did like a, a shirt of like the lineup of like Punch Out bad guys, and it was like kind of like you know those like police lineups. They could do that with the Punch Out villains. Like they, there's so many things they could do. I, it's uh, I don't know. It just seems odd that. It took this long to get going, but now that's going, it's kind of cool to see. Um, plus, like when Super oh, Nintendo man. World launches, a lot, like a lot of different stuff with like your name on it, which would be cool. Yeah, yeah. And Imagine that's not you even including like uh... the Japanese stuff that is going to be exclusive over there. Oh well, yeah, I mean, for sure. What, what sort of stuff would you put your name like, on? Stuff that you know, like Universal would with your initial instead of an M. Like, they might have, like, a warp pipe with, like, a name on it or, like, a bunch of different kinds of magnets. I'm trying to think of, like, what else they would have. But a lot of, like, oh, like, they would definitely have, like, plushies of, like, maybe, like, a Bowser wearing a shirt that says Universal Studios Super Mario World or something like that. You know, stuff like that. Nothing too crazy, but, I mean, I'm sure we could definitely think crazier. 
Like I I wonder like how in, much um, like Universal Studios. I want LA. Right. I, I guess it's just Universal Studios. Um. They the Transformers ride like literally Universal sells Studios a figure Hollywood. there yeah. only at that gift shop of the Transformer you ride on for the Transformers ride that actually transformed into the vehicle you ride in which is pretty cool that's like a nice kind of exclusive figure to have so you know like maybe like a scale model of the Mario Kart thing you mm-hmm. ride on mm-hmm. for the ride that'd be kind of cool or just something like that Yeah, that, that's what I was about to say is I really hope – because I remember seeing a mock-up or something that I guess the gift shop for Mario Kart Makes is going to be like a mechanic shop for the carts or something like that, supposedly. So like if they actually sold like <laughs> Mario Kart-related things that you couldn't get anywhere else, like I don't know. Like, like obviously you could do a little mini anywhere. Mario Kart. Yeah, exactly. Like a little Mario Kart rancher. You could get like like little metallic yeah, versions you don't even of like get items now, so or something cool. that you, – you know, like a little like banana peel or shell or something. Yeah, I think I think that'd be really cool, and then they can engrave the logo on the back or something like something like that. But um, yeah, I, I guess the question now is just going to become like, where are we going to have to actually go buy this stuff? Because in a bit of bad news, um, I guess Universal Studios is indefinitely delaying in Florida the Epic Universe Park, which is what Super Nintendo World was going to be part of at Universal Studios Orlando. Like, it's not just a construction pause; it's like a full on stop on the project until they can assess how much money they have to work with due to you know being closed for so long and being open at limited capacity and all that and uh, as it stands right now there is no longer a date for super nintendo world or even confirmation that's gonna happen at all for orlando i think hollywood might be okay so i think we might be okay here but the bigger version of it right now doesn't seem to be happening anymore which is odd um, a cinema blend is reporting. I don't know what their source is, but they're reporting it may get an upgrade of sorts, Super Nintendo World, and join the main park, which I guess originally was the plan before they spun it off into Epic Universe. Um, but even that's not certain. I mean, my guess is there's a contractual obligation Universal has, probably with Nintendo, that like the park has to launch in a certain time frame, and obviously that time frame can shift with COVID. But my guess is, you know, all this talk of them not having enough capital to do a broader park or whatever um i suspect they're now scrambling to fulfill the commitment to nintendo because it's such a big thing across all three parks so my guess is it's probably gonna be back in the main park and my guess is hollywood will be on track but as of right now the only one that's like officially still happening is japan construction's underway here in la or was until covid japan's basically done and looks amazing um but yeah i i don't know like officially like japan's the only one now so another weird i feel like every episode these days we're ending with some sort of melodramatic note of everything's upended who knows what's gonna happen ah but like yeah i who knows what's gonna happen um or if it's gonna be delayed anywhere around the world um well, but yeah so not put a damper on it but just i throw that out there for folks who were still expecting it to launch on time it doesn't legitimately like depressed it now i know i know so but here's some good news you know what we do know you know what we do know? well the japan one's done and that's the one we were gonna go you to, know what so else was basically done but um it's basically done but you know the good news is we do know – one thing we can guarantee is – huh. You're right. It's very close to completion, quote unquote. Hmm. Well, I guess they're going to go tear yeah, down everything they built for Super Nintendo World and give us hate. It's, it's pretty much almost done. Nice. They're also building that Godzilla zipline. That looks awesome. 
to basically live in. Japan's world is the best place to live, live in. in. I think is the takeaway here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm about living. Yeah, no, to visit, to visit. Yeah, yep. to visit for a long period of time, repeatedly. But uh, yeah, so I guess unless, unless you guys said anything else, I think that's pretty much this episode. Like, I don't want to end it all melodramatic with who knows what's going on. But I guess the good news is we do know our next episode's going on on August thirtieth. What will contain? Uh, I don't know, but it will happen. And even before that happens, we do know our next quarantine chronicles will happen 23rd. on August ninth. For uh, I did that math wrong. It can't be August ninth. It's after August ninth. Math yep. isn't the right word. Twenty third. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So for all the non content, we we're assuming that will have stuff. Have, I, I so have those will happen. But I don't know if there's anything else in the news cycle that yeah. happened. I, I saw about quarantine. We, yeah, we actually have the anime I have seen. Chronicles. We're consuming a lot of content. It's so weird. If Nintendo's not going to give us content, we'll find it elsewhere. <laughs> I've seen some That's stuff, funny. man. I've seen some things. <laughs> so I guess if anyone wants to find out what Protect that anime anus. is, uh, tune in next week uh, to make sure you don't miss it. You can subscribe to us on all the podcast apps. I'm not even going to ask what that means. Uh, but yeah, you can follow us or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Pandora. I said tune in once and people seemed intrigued, Kevin. So tune in. Um <laughs> And uh, we're on YouTube. RamNintendo.com is our channel. We're on Twitter at RamNintendo. We're individually on Twitter. I'm JSR7. Angels Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Kevin is KVN Gomi, uh, G-O-M-I-E. And I think that just about does it. It's a wild, weird time to be alive. And Kevin, do you have any final words? Uh, it's 104 degrees outside. Stay indoors if you haven't already.